Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So this morning I woke up and I had this thought of, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about? It was this just the dreadful feeling almost. And I almost wanted to cancel the call. Like I felt like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should just cancel and not do it. And as the thought was coming in, immediately, I recognized it as the devil trying to get me to shut my mouth and get me off of my path of my purpose. And it gave me an idea for the call today because I realized that this happens all the time to all of us. And we don't realize that it's the devil trying to get us down. And he tricks us and gets in our head so easily that all of a sudden we're off our path, we're off our purpose, we're thinking about something we shouldn't be, our minds are just racing with these thoughts and fears and worries and stresses. And just like that, he just gets us off our path. It is the easiest, the easiest thing for him to just lead us. I picture a nice, beautiful path that's all nice and there's, there's no, um, random branches on the trail. It's nice and groomed. There's nice grass and you're walking down this path and all of a sudden you're like pulled into the bushes to the side. Then you're in these pickers and you're looking around like, where is the beautiful path? And I know that he does it to me. And I know that he does it to you because I talk to you guys and I see him doing that in your life. And I know that this is something that we struggle with. And Just because you're further down the path doesn't mean you're less susceptible to him yanking you into the picker bushes. And you might be just starting on this path where you've said, okay, enough is enough with your life and where it's been. I am ready to step into my calling. I'm ready to get on the path. You might not really know what that looks like, but at least you know that there is a path and you're like, I'm going to step on the path. And you might have decided that you've been you know, you've been doing this for the last year, two, three years, and you might be way down the path. Either way, you still need the constant reminder of who you are, what you were created for, how special you are, and how God has a purpose for your life. Because we are not put here on this earth just to be distracted and to be busy and to work these jobs and to have these hobbies and to clean our house and to run errands and to drive kids back and forth all the places. And we're created and put here for God's mission. And I think that we just get distracted and we forget that. We forget that this is a mission from God. He wants us to go and help other people. So in order for someone to help someone else, you have to be on the other side. Like if you're trying to save someone, 
from drowning, you have to be on the shore yourself to grab a hand or you have to know how to swim. Learning how to swim is hard and difficult. My daughter just learned how to swim and, you know, she goes a little bit and she starts to go under and then we grab her and she's learning how to swim. And it's scary because she could go under at any second. So she's fearful and she's worried and she's learning how to swim. Learning how to swim is stressful. It's hard. It's scary. It's, it's so scary, especially when you're a child and you feel like you have no safety net around you and you're just exposed and you're vulnerable, but that's how we feel all the time, learning how to do something. God is moving us forward so that we can reach out and help other people on their journey and on their walk. And in order to learn how to do something, it's going to be tough. It's going to be stressful. There's going to be a lot of tension there. There's going to be a lot of tears. You're going to be really worried. You're going to be stressed. You're going to this feeling of learning to overcome something or learning something that's completely different than all you've known. And God needs you to keep moving forward because if you don't, he's not going to be able to use you the way that he needs to use you. But when God spoke to me in August of 2020, and he told me that I was strong enough to do this, that he picked me because I am chosen. And he knows what I'm capable of and I'm stronger than I think I am. Really, I felt at first when I heard him say that, like, well, that's weird. Like, like, okay, I guess I am. But I realized for, it's not just me, it's you. You are stronger than you think you are because you have God with you. Every single, we are so strong. You might not feel strong, but you are because God says that you are in the Bible all over the place. But the path that you're walking on is a very narrow path. And you have to make sure that you're doing the right things to stay on that narrow path. Because anything that you do that gets you off the narrow path, you miss the mark. So there's a scripture in Matthew and it says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. And if you want to be the few that find it, it is a very narrow path and a narrow gate to get through it in the middle. And what it's going to take is you linking with God. There's a podcast we did that I tell everyone to listen to. It's episode 40. It's called Time with God. If you don't know how to spend time with God, that episode will help you do this because you can't keep walking down the path unless you're following someone who's telling you where to go. There's all these different paths and you need to be following. You need to be watching who you're following. Like, oh, he went down this way. Oh, now he's around this corner. Oh, now he's over here. And if you lose track of that, you're going to feel like, oh, shoot, where am I going? If you don't spend time with God every single day, you do not see where you're going. You're not lost. You're never actually lost. And if you yell, SOS, like, help me, I'm lost. God will leave everyone to come and find you. We know that. He leaves the 99 to grab the one sheep, throws them over his shoulder and walks back. Like I have been thrown over God's shoulder and brought back. And I'm sure you probably have too. So he won't ever leave you. But if you don't spend time with God in the mornings, for me, it's mornings because 
if it's not the morning, my, my day just gets crazy. You might be able to spend time with God in the middle of the day. And obviously it's not like God is only available for coffee in the morning. And then he's like, sorry, I'm busy. Like come back tomorrow. He is available 24 seven. It doesn't matter. Um, but you have to be in constant connection with God so that you know where the path is. And it sounds crazy if you're someone who doesn't have a devotional life, if you're like, okay, I'm just getting into this whole God thing, but I don't really know what that means. A lot of things you'll hear people say, or a lot of scriptures that are being quoted might sound like, okay, so how, how will I know which gate to walk through? (laughs) Just because I'm reading my Bible, all of a sudden, like, I'll know what to do. And you'll experience God. You'll start to experience him. And when you experience him, it's experiencing something as a feeling and you will feel something. And when you experience that, you will then understand, but you can't experience it until you spend time with him. And when you spend time with him, you'll experience it. It usually takes me, if I wasn't connected to God for a few days, it usually takes me about like two, three days. And then I'm like, okay, I like have this feeling back. Like I, I, I feel, I feel better. I feel more peaceful. I feel less worried. I feel less stressed. I feel more chosen and anointed. I feel more glorious. I start to believe in the words that are being said to me. And it's not just my mind spinning and racing of all of these options and, and stories that I'm telling myself, but really the truth is what I start to realize. But in the Bible, there are tons of people that lived stressful lives that were written about in the Bible. So think about that. Like if your prayer is ever like, God, use me. I am here for you. I just want to, I just want you to use me in whatever way you need me to imagine being Daniel and being thrown into the lion's den Like, imagine that kind of stress, okay? Like, you might be stressed right now because you don't know, like, which job to take, or you don't know which house to buy, or you don't know how to heal your marriage, or you don't know how to deal with your rebellious children, or you might just be stressed because you have conflict in your life with a family member or a friend. Imagine being thrown into a pit with lions, and that is how your day is going. That kind of stress. And the Bible is written about these characters and we think like, oh, what, a, what an awesome story. You know, he prayed and then the lions didn't eat him. And then he showed the king that he was, that his king really was God and he was great. I mean, there's people like that. There's people like Esther, where Esther married this Persian king. And then the king was like, we're going to, we're going to kill all the Jews in this town. And she was Jewish. And she knew all her family and all her friends were going to be killed. And she's married to this man. And she has to convince him not to kill all these people. Like, imagine that you marry this man and he's like, I'm going to go into whatever town you were from. I'm going to go into New Baltimore. I'm going to kill everyone in New Baltimore. I'm going to kill all these people. All And you're like, these are all my family. These are people I go to church with. And now you have to convince this man and you can't let him know that you're Jewish too, or else he'll kill you. Like living in that lifestyle of stress and tension. But in both of those stories, God made those people go through the tension and stress because 
there was something bigger for them. They knew that they were strong enough to endure this and to go through this. They knew that they would keep turning to God. See, you don't have to be strong in your own strength. Like when God told Moses to go stand up to the kingdom and to say, let my people go. And Moses had a stutter or there's something in the Bible that says that he, he wasn't a good speaker, whether it was a stutter or he was just really scared, really nervous. It wasn't his strength that led him to go and to proclaim, let my people go. It was God using him. All God wants to know is that you're going to bring him on the journey with him. Like you're going to call on God to help you move forward. So maybe, maybe God's not using you to, uh, you know, like Elijah. I mean, I love the story of Elijah in the Bible because this brook started to dry up about where he was, where he was living. And this is where he ate. This is where they caught all their fish and they fed their families. It's kind of, the brook is kind of like your bank account. Okay, so let's just say like it's drying up and it's drying up and it's drying up and you're like, oh shoot, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to buy, how am I going to buy groceries? How am I going to buy gas? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do stuff? The fish and the stuff in the brook were like currency back then. And so not only do you not only feed your family, but now you don't have anything to trade. And you don't have anything to barter and to get supplies and to get tools. That is stressful and that's scary. But God was doing that because he wanted Elijah to move. He was like, okay, why isn't he leaving here? Oh, because he just feels like this brook is going to supply for him. So we're going to like nix the brook here and then he's going to have to leave. And that's exactly what happened. The brook dried up. Because God wanted Elijah to leave and go into this town and to talk to this woman because he had something bigger for him. And that's what happened to me in two jobs now where God was telling me to leave and telling me like, okay, you need to leave. You need to do it. It's time to go. It's time to go. And I wouldn't leave. And so he was just like, okay, like how do we get her to listen? And just forced me down the path that I didn't even want to go because I was holding on to worldly things and I was holding on to my own personal desires. And he pushed me into this new place and said, no, you're, if you want to serve me and I know really what's in your heart, I know the passions you have. I know the people you want to help. I know the people you want to inspire and motivate and help. I'm going to push you over here because this is where you're going to, you're going to get what you want. I, the true want in your heart, you're going to get it if you're over here, but we act like, like in Proverbs, it says the heart of the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So like in our heart, we're trying to make the plans. We're like, okay, if I, okay, if I do this, then I'm, I'm going to work really hard at this and I'm going to grow over here. And then this is going to get me this. And none of that even matters. Like God's like, oh, look, that's so cute. They're like pretending like they're in control. Like they're pretending like they, that their ways are going to work. And they're not. I mean, they might work and they might work for a time, but it is not up to us to make the plans. It's God establishing our steps and doing like our heart wants to make the plans, but it's God that's establishing them. And 
everybody knows the scripture or you've heard it. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and hope. He already knows your entire future. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. I like to take scriptures and turn them like, and pretend like I'm saying them to my kids because it helps me to make more sense of them. So if I told my son, Dominic, for I know the plans I have for you in this life. What does that mean? That means that you know exactly what this life is going to bring for him. You know the plans that you have made for him. And that's how God is for us too. So if we're trying to be on mission and we're trying to live a purposeful life where we're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to ditch these things of the world. I'm going to start to figure out who I am, what I'm created for. The thing you might have to ditch, by the way, might not be money or success. It might be the fact that you've dealt with depression your entire life and you've never treated it. Or you've dealt with a mental illness for your entire life and you've clung on to that and you've never grown and healed and moved past it. Now, can God heal people just like this? Of course. And we've seen him do that, not only in the Bible, but in real life. I've seen him heal people of cancer or take away cysts on people's in their body. I've seen him totally restore and heal people's marriages and finances and jobs and, and everything. We know that he's capable of doing it, but sometimes God wants us to take an action step forward to heal that the way we're going to heal is through another person. And when I went and started seeing my therapist last uh, year and a half ago, she changed my life and it wasn't her. I mean, yes, she is awesome and is so great, but God used her and connected me to her because he knew that that's who I needed at that time to bring me forward and to heal and to move on out of this darkness that I had lived in for so long. I, ever since I can remember, I have struggled with my moods and I've struggled to be happy. I remember being seven years old and being in SeaWorld and being so mad and angry and upset. And my family's like, you're at SeaWorld, smile. Like, why are you so mad? And I just was, it was hard for me to be happy as a child. It was hard for me to be happy as a teen. It was hard for me to be happy as a new mom. It was hard for me to be happy raising kids. And so I finally had to think, okay, how long am I going to struggle with my mental health before I actually get the help that I need? And we feel like it's weak by talking about, oh, I'm okay. I'm depressed. I need help. Or I am having this really bad anxiety. I need help, but it's actually strength because that's, what's holding you back from doing the work of God. And he wants you to pray and he wants you to beg for change and for help and for healing, but don't discredit the people that are in your life that can be helping you. The people, or maybe it's medication or therapy or a friend or a spouse opening up and talking to your spouse about, Hey, I've really been struggling. That might be the thing that you need to leave in order to move forward into who God wants you to be. Because if you're struggling with this in your health, you're not going to be able to keep moving. It's like having a broken leg and you're still trying to walk down the path. It's going to affect the way you're walking. 
you're going to get tired more easily. You're not going to be able to run. You're not going to be able to have your mind totally focused on keeping your eye on God and following him around every corner because you constantly have this pain that you're thinking of. And the devil is like, oh, look, a wounded sheep. I mean, what do, what do lions do out in the wild when they're trying to eat a meal? They look for an animal that's injured and they're like, oh, that one right there, the weak one, the weak one, the one with the broken leg, the one that's walking a little slower, I'm going to grab him. And the devil is prowling around at all times looking for someone to devour. And if you're the weak one, it's easy. He's like, oh, over here in the bushes. And the thing about the valley or in the bushes is that you don't realize you're there until a little while. It's almost like you get jolted so hard and you're kind of out of it. And then all of a sudden you come to and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the valley. How did I get here? And all of a sudden you have to start climbing your way back out. And we all want to move forward. Like we're all on this call or we're listening to this recording because we want what God has to offer us. We want to dedicate our lives to walking in our purpose. You might know what it is and you might not know what it is. If you don't know what it is, then you need to check out my course that I created at mentoringthemasses.com because that is the way to figure out what on earth you are put here for. Like, what are your passions? Why did you go through those things? It, um, there's a reel that I did a couple of months ago and it, it was just me sitting on the porch with my eyes closed and it was an audio that I made the reel to and, and the audio just says, it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. There was purpose. It wasn't for nothing. And I love that so much. And as I was journaling this morning to God, I wrote that. It wasn't for nothing. What God is moving you through right now, and he's trying to get you to move forward, get you to leave what you're holding on to, because if you're shackled to something and you're trying to walk down the path, you're only going to get so far. Like you're only going to get there. So what held me back for a long time was I had a lot of abandonment issues because my biological father abandoned me when I was younger. And I knew that that was holding me back. So because that was a wound, I started having this desire for the approval of everyone. So I became a people pleaser. And I just wanted people to adore me and love me and desire a connection with me. So what did I do to get that? I did things that weren't wholesome and good and godly because that filled that void. So I would party and drink and smoke and be with different men when I was younger because that made me feel whole in the moment. Now, it only makes the wound worse when you're done with it. But that's the trick of the devil. That's like, oh, look, these people approve of you. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't it feel good that all these people want you? That all these people love? And so you, you develop these things. So the chain that was actually holding me back wasn't abandonment. But the chain that was holding me back was wanting the approval of others. I also realized that if I was super successful and had a lot of money and had a lot of worldly success, that more people would approve of me. 
So if I wanted to feel better, I needed to achieve more. And so achieving and achieving and achieving, all it did was get my eyes off of God. I was saying that I am building my success and I was talking about God sometimes and I was giving him the glory, but it, it was a, it was a fake type of glory. It was me trying to just throw it in there, but you're going to have this chain around your ankle. Maybe the chain is addiction that every single time that you start to feel stressed and you start to feel worried and you start to feel out of control, you're like, I need a drink. I, I need a drink. I just need a drink. I like, let's go out. I just need to have a drink. This is going to make me feel so much better. And you're reaching for alcohol. And so that is the chain on your leg because God says, don't reach for those things. Reach for me. That's not going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel worse. You just think it's going to make you feel better right now, but it's not. Or you're reaching for food or you're reaching for your credit card. And you're like, I just, I just need a day by myself. I need to go to TJ Maxx. I need to go to Target. I just need to like get some new stuff for my house. That is not going to make you feel better in the moment, but not long-term. April says, or just the simplicity of life, the good job, you should be happy. Those things were told to me all the time. I was miserable, right? You, those things rob you from the day-to-day -day joys that God wants you to experience. Because while all of these things are what you're focusing on, all the things that are happening right now, you're missing. And now you're mad at your husband and you're stressed out and you're fighting with your kids and you're missing out what's happening right now. I used to live in the future and I thought that that was great. That was, I felt like that was honorable. And like, look at me, I can see five years out. I'm a visionary. I used to feel like it was a badge of honor that I could see into the future. And the closer I got to God and realized that that is not a badge of honor. That is a way that the devil is distracting you from today. Because God wants you to be present. He doesn't want you to live in the past. If, if you keep thinking about your past, if you keep thinking about what you did, who you used to be, the sins that you've committed, the ways you've acted, if you keep thinking about the past, it's the devil bringing that up. God says you are forgiven. If you have asked for forgiveness, God says, done. I don't even remember. He doesn't even remember what they are after you've been forgiven. He doesn't hold it against you like worldly people do where we're like, okay, you know, we'll see if you build my trust back. Let's see if this is true. He totally lets it go. And you also don't want to live in the future, which is what the hustle culture tells us to do. Have a five-year plan. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? The hustle culture that we're in tells us that if we want it, we can, we can work hard for it and we can have it. You can have anything you want as long as you work hard. We've, we even tell our kids that. I even have told my kids that. Anything you want, you can do. And I truly believe that in myself, that anything I wanted, I could have. All I had to do was work hard for it. And that's why when I was trying to work in an industry where I wasn't getting further along, it was so hard for me because it's like, why am I not moving forward? Why am I not seeing success in this area where I am doing everything I can? I am sacrificing everything I have, all of my time, all of my resources. I'm doing everything to see success and I'm not seeing it. Why not? It was really ruining my self-esteem. It was making me feel like a loser. It was making me feel unsuccessful. 
but it's because I was in a place that God didn't want me to go. And if God doesn't want you somewhere, he is not going to help you to be successful in it. And one of my prayers I say now all the time is slam the door in my face of ways that I do not need to walk down and light the path of the right path. Slam the door and light the path because God knows how stubborn I am. And he knows sometimes I like miss the cues where it's like warning, don't go this way, don't go this way. I need him to literally slam the door in my face so that if I try to do something, like right now I'm trying to start a motherhood ministry in our community and and I'm getting a lot of roadblocks. Like we are getting a lot of roadblocks. We have been getting roadblocks for a few months. And I told the girl that I'm starting this with Lisa I said, all we have to do is put this in God's hands. If we keep getting blocked, then we're obviously not meant to do it in this way. If we get the green light and paths are open and doors are open and connections are made, then this is where we're supposed to be. We don't need to get hung up and stressed out and worried. And why isn't this working? And we're being rejected and the door is closed. This is what God wants. So you have to think about that in your own life. Where are the doors slamming? And where are the doors opening? And if you pray for it, then you'll be intentional on looking for it. Like what is working out in my life and what is not working out in my life? And sometimes you lose a job. And I have a friend of mine who just was fired from her job. She's had for the last 20 something years. It's really all she's ever known, all she's ever done. She loved it. And she was let go super unexpectedly. And luckily she's a Christian because, and she's surrounded by people that can speak life to her. Because the first thing I found out when she said, will you please pray for me? I was let go from my job and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I immediately sent her a voice message. And I was like, this is amazing. I know you don't see it that way, but obviously God didn't want you there. He obviously didn't want you there. That's why you're gone. If he wanted you to stay, you would be there. He has an assignment for you. Maybe you haven't been listening. Maybe you haven't been focused on that. Maybe your fear of, can I do this? Am I good enough to do this? Like maybe you've had this thought of, I think I'm going to be an artist. Like my best friend is the most amazing artist ever. She is so insanely talented. And I try to speak life into her all the time that she needs to start painting again. And she needs to start selling her artwork again. But she doesn't believe that she would be good. And she is literally phenomenal. Like, how do you not see how talented you are? It brings her joy. It brings her so much happiness, but she doesn't, she doesn't see her worth. She's not a Christian. She doesn't see that she's made, she struggles really bad with mental health. And so she's like, well, I think I'm just going to look for another job where I can be another bartender. And I'm like, this, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Every time you get a job in a bar, it, it ruins your marriage because now you're, you also have a drinking problem. So now you're at the bar and the bar closes and you're still there and you're hanging out with everyone and it's driving a wedge in your marriage and it's not giving you the money that you want and you're blowing it at the bar after. What are you doing? Look at what you're doing. You're going to a job at the bar because it's all you've known and you're like, it's easy money and I'll do it. I can work at night. That is not who you were created to be. But because of fear, because of mental health, because of addiction, the chain as she's walking down the path is like, nope, nope, get back here. Nope, get back here. Nope, get back here. And so she's never going to walk in her purpose. 
but God gave her this ability to paint and to draw and to inspire people in this way, but she doesn't believe in it. So she's never going to do it. And that's who God created her to be. So how did God create you to be? What did he put in you that is different than other people? Maybe it's a passion. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a skill or a talent where it's like, whoa, like you always have the right thing to say to people. You're such an encourager. You're such an uplifter. You're a beautiful dancer. You're so crafty and creative. You're so good with music. You're so good with design. And we can see this thing in other people where we look at our friends and we're like, oh, we could tell you all day long what's great about you. But why can't we see that in ourselves? How come when it comes to ourselves, we don't see that greatness? And if you do see the greatness or you kind of know what the greatness is, even saying it out loud, the world says you're conceited. The world says, oh, look at her. She's self-righteous. She thinks she's all that. And I have done this before where I have been in a room with women and we have been in a circle and I made everyone go around the circle and say, what is one thing you don't like about yourself? I mean, this, it went so fast. Like, I mean, the circle, there was like 10 of us. It was like, boom, 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 like so fast. And then I'm like, okay, now we're going to go around the circle. Tell me something you like about yourself. Majority of people in that circle couldn't even say anything and they started to cry. I even did this around my dinner table with my kids and we went around and we said, everyone had to say one thing that they liked about themselves. And my son, and I shared this before, he could not think of anything. I can think of a million things. Like think about one of your kids. If you had to pick one of your kids and it's like, okay, tell me three things you like about them. But you could like so quick. So quick, think of three things you like about them. Even if your child is like really rebellious right now and you're like, I don't like you right now, but I love you. You can still think of three things. He couldn't think of anything and literally started to get tears in his eyes. And he's like, I don't know. I just, I don't like anything. And so if our kids are feeling this way, we felt that way as a child because of the world that we grew up in we still have that in us where we can't see the goodness. So one of the prayers that you need to start praying is God, help me see myself through your eyes. I pray that for myself. And I also pray that God helps me to see his people through his eyes. Because when I'm praying that consistently, my interactions with people are different. I deal with difficult people in a better way. I see people that are hard to deal with in a better light. I see them just broken and and, and their wounds instead of seeing them as tough and hard to love. So as you're navigating your way down this path, you need to remember how chosen and anointed you are. And that's why I started making these shirts with the phrase chosen and anointed on it because I realized that as I'm trying to walk in my calling of who God wanted me to be, I constantly needed the reminder that I was chosen and I was anointed. I am special and I am unique. I needed to constantly be saying that because if I wasn't, I forgot. Like, just like that, I forgot. And I went back to worry and stress and is this going to work? And where am I going next? And I don't know, I have so many options. 
and the options of the world are just part of the hustle culture that at any moment you can do literally anything. You can become anyone you want. You can have any job, any career. It doesn't matter your age, your experience. There are millions of options in your hands at all times. And most of the women that I come in contact with that are grown women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Like, yeah, that's the reality of it is that we're like, I don't know what I want to be. And I am grown up. So time's a ticking. Like, what am I doing here with my life? What do I want to be with? What do I want to be when I grow up? And so that's why in order to know who you were created to be, you have to get connected to the creator. My course is five videos long, but in every single video, I'm telling you about what you need to do with God because I did not create you. I don't know who you were created to be. I can talk to you and I can tell you some of the things I see in you. I can see the greatness in you. I can see, I can see different hobbies and skills and talents that you have. And I can ask you a couple questions. Like we've, I've done this with some of you before too, where it's like, okay, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm created for. Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you like to do? What have you done in the past? What fills your tank? What, and I can ask you questions and we can kind of figure this out. And that's why I have questionnaires and I have things that you can fill out in journals, um, journal prompts that you can do in this course. But if you really feel like I have zero clue who I want to be when I grow up, then you need to take that course. And if you have questions about it, message me because I don't want anybody doing this because they feel like I sold them on it. No, I want you to truly feel like God is telling me to do this because I don't want a bunch of people to enroll in the course that don't ever do anything. 85% of people that enroll in a course don't ever finish it. And the stats are true with my course. When I look and see, I, I used to sell a course for network marketers. And in that course, there was like 300 and something people that have, that have signed up for it. And there was like 11 people or something insanely low that ever finished it out of 300 and something, 11 people. So it's crazy. And I was giving that course away for free to a lot of people. And I learned this through an old coworker of mine or an old mentor of mine. But if you pay, you're more likely to pay attention. If you pay for something, you'll pay attention because you purchased it and you're like, okay, I can't let this money go to waste. I have to do it. I have to show up. And so I stopped giving it away for free because I, the point wasn't just to get people to say, oh yeah, I'll do that. Sign up. The point was to get people to go through it and to finish it and to feel like this, this helped me, this changed something in me. So the stresses and the tensions of our life are there for a reason because they're trying to change you into the person you need to be. So for instance, if you're trying to become really good with your finances, you're probably going to have to go through some tension and some stress when it comes to finances to get to where you need to be. I used to be awful with finances and I used to want to be better at them. But what it took for me to get better at them was I needed to start communicating about what I was spending money on, where it was going. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have budget meetings with my husband on Sundays 
and go through the bank account and him question all of the things that I spent money on. I would cry. We would fight. I would leave the room. It was awful, but that's what needed to happen in order to get better at my financial health. Also think of the gym. If you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to start to get healthy. I want to be strong. I want to be lean. I want to be quick. The gym sucks sometimes. Okay. It does. Have you guys ever done those rope things where you have to hold the two ropes and you have to like squat and like shake the ropes. It looks so easy. Like when I see people doing it, I was like, oh, I could do this. My trainer was like, do it for 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, 30 seconds. Are you serious? That's so easy. Okay. I didn't even last five seconds. I could barely even do them. I mean, this is so hard, but what is it doing? It's creating the result that you want, but it's hard when you're going through it. So one thing that I had to write, because I'm a visual person, if you're a visual person too, you're going to want post-it notes and you're going to want to write stuff that really connects with your spirit where you're like, yes, I need to constantly remember this, put it on post-it notes, make it a background on your phone. I put post-it notes in my cabinets, in my house, on my bathroom mirror. I have an expo marker. I write stuff on my mirror all the time. I have post-it notes in my car. I have alarms set on my phone that go off and tell me something that I need to see because I need to remember these things. Tension over time equals growth. Anything you apply tension over time, you're going to grow. So if you're struggling in your marriage, the best advice I have for you is to keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep applying that tension. Keep fighting. Don't give up because when you're like, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. I'm done. I'm done fighting. I can't fight with you anymore. There is no growth that's going to happen in your marriage when you just give up. You have to keep fighting. You have to keep applying tension. And just remember this tension is good tension because it's going to grow me. So if you're crying and you're stressed out because I don't know what to do with my life and I don't know where I'm going and I'm just so overwhelmed and there's so many options and there's so many choices, you're experiencing tension and that's good. It shows that you're actually moving forward, but the devil tricks us and tells us that, oh, see, you don't even know what you want. You don't even, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get forward. You're never going to move forward. Think of all the things in the future that you're constantly thinking of. And you're like, how am I going to get there? What am I going to do? Am I ever going to have the money? Am I ever going to have the freedom? Is this ever going to work? Am I ever going to have the success? And you're focusing on the future. You're missing what's happening in the present. And we've been talking a lot on these podcasts about God's will. Being in God's will today is being present, having a good attitude around the people that you're around, a good attitude. You're joyful. You have a, you're in a good mood. You might need some help with that. You might need to talk to a therapist. You might need to change your diet. You might need to get on some supplements, go see a doctor, address things that you've been just pushing under the rug. That's okay. That doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're strong. You need to be thankful and grateful all day long. And you need to be taking good care of the things that God has already blessed you with. So if your car is a disaster right now, and you've been needing an oil change for the last two weeks, and you've been neglecting it, and you need new tires on your car, but you're not doing anything about it, and your house is trashed, and your laundry is built up, and you're annoyed with your kids because they're on your last nerve, and you're stressed out, so you're going to have a drink at three o'clock today, and you're going to start making margaritas. 
and you're praying for God to show you your future and you're praying for God to tell you what to do and you're stressing because you want money and you want the success down the road, God is not going to give it to you because you can't even handle what's happening today. And God is such a good God and he's such a good father that he disciplines us and he only gives us what we can handle. Now, God gives us more than what we can handle so that we rely on him all the time. Like I always hear people say, well, God can't give you what you can't handle. That's actually not true. God will give you a lot more than you can handle because he wants you to rely on him, not your own strength. But for so long, I was praying that God would bring me the money, open the floodgates. I just want the money. I promise I'll do good things with it. I promise you I'll tithe. I promise you we'll build our house and we'll invite everyone over all the time and all the kids can be at our house all the time. I'm going to use it for good. I promise God. And he's like, you can't even, you can't even save 10 bucks. You can't even not go on a shopping spree when you get a hundred dollars. I am absolutely not giving you a million because I know that you're not going to do the right things with it. I know you have the intentions to, but I know you're not going to. And he can see that in us. And he disciplines us for, for what we need because he's a good father. So a lot of times we're like praying for this and we want this so bad. And God, why aren't you answering my prayers? But it's discipline and it's hard to discipline your kids. And I remember my mom used to say, this is harder for me than it is for you. And I'm like, no, it is not. You don't understand because I'm not allowed to leave the house and go hang out with my friends this weekend because I'm grounded. Don't tell me it's harder on you. But now that I'm a mom, I can see that. I can see when, when one of my kids is in trouble and they have something taken away, it sucks. It sucks when you're like, dang it. Like, I wish that you didn't have this taken away. I wish I didn't have to discipline you like this. And in Hebrews chapter 12, I love this scripture. It makes me feel so good and just so calm to know this. God says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons and daughters for what sons and daughters is there whom their father does not discipline. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children of God. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits in life? Like if you're going to respect your own father for disciplining you, how do you not respect the father for disciplining you? What you're going through right now might be him disciplining you. It might be him trying to help you get to the next level in life where he says, okay, you've been trying to do this on your own. It's been failing. Now I'm going to help you. And he's going to discipline you by maybe shutting a door where you want to go through the door, but you're not ready to go through the door. And God says a lot in scripture that we are glorified in him, that he has glorified us. And so I looked at the definition of glorified and it means represented in such a way as to appear more elevated or special. That's what God says about us. So rewind and think about this for a second. If God created you for a purpose, and he was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make Tina. I'm going to put her here. I'm going to put her in this area of life, in this city, in this birth order, in this family, around this community. And I'm going to give her 
I'm going to give her a little bit of this. I'm going to give her a little bit of this. And I'm going to make her a little like that. I'm going to do this because I'm going to need her to, to do as much as she can with me. And I'm going to use her in this area. So he's going to use you just like the drowning analogy of if you're drowning, you have to be a good swimmer. He's going to use you. He's going to heal you, make you whole, move you forward in front of other people so that you can be used to save and to help and to inspire all these other people that you have come before. It, when, when I did the reel of it wasn't for nothing, this wasn't for nothing. The tension that we experience, the stress we experience, it wasn't for nothing. God is trying to further us along so that he can use us. He can't use us in the life around the people that we're placed in if we do not get furthered along. And for me, now that I have healed my mental health with God and with therapy and with medication and all the things that I've done to fully step out of depression and anxiety and to step out of this dark cloud of mental health, there has been so many people God has placed right on my path that I can, I have all the advice for them. I'm like, oh, easy. I know exactly what to tell you. I know exactly how to help you. I know what book you need to read. I know what therapist you need to go to. I need, I know what affirmations. I know the prayers you need to say. I know the doctors you need to see. I know what you need to talk about. I know the podcasts to listen to. I know what to search online. I am the person for them. I can save them not in a way that God can, but God can use me as a tool in their saving where I can say, come here, let me help you be a friend, make you feel not crazy. Let me let you know that I relate and I've been there too. And when I pray, God, use me, use me. That's how he's using me. He's placing injured people on my path that I am whole enough now because of the tension I've experienced in my life it was hard to, to go through my mental health and to heal that. There was a lot of pride. I had to open up and I had to talk to a lot of people and tell them things that I did not want to tell them. I felt very weak. I felt very broken. I felt very vulnerable, but I needed to do all those things because that's what was going to bring me out of the darkness. And God was going to use me to impact their life. And God's going to do that for you. And we talk about a brand, like what is a brand? And a lot of people want to start a brand online where people know, know who you are. They know what you offer. And you can't do that until you learn your purpose. Because then when you learn your purpose, then you know who you're here for. You know the person you want to help. You know exactly what keeps them up at night. You know exactly what they're crying about to their spouse. You know what they just, just desire so deeply in their heart. You know what pain they're experiencing. You know exactly the advice to give them. And that's why the last video in my course that I threw in there was how to build it on Instagram. Because a lot of people are like, okay, now that I know my purpose, like I want to do something online where I have freedom, where I can start inspiring. I can start talking. I can have a platform. I can build this. That's why we created that. And a brand is what have you once endured that you've conquered? And now you have this passion and desire in you to go back and save other people. It's like being on one end of a cliff and this person is on this cliff 
And they're like, the only way to get to you is to go down in this valley and to hike back up. And you're like, hey, before you go into the valley, like catch this bridge and you throw a bridge to them and you're like, walk this way, I can help you. And we're like, oh, okay, I'll just go across the bridge. I didn't have to go into the deep trenches of the valley and be down there forever trying to navigate and figure this out on my own. I now can go through this. Oh, this is easy. Like I not thank you. And that's what a brand is, is you heal and, and conquer something. And then you go back because you did it. Maybe you got out of an abusive relationship and now you're really passionate about helping women see the signs of abuse and how to get out. Or maybe you went through something where you were depressed and you were in a dark place or you were out of alignment with who God created you to be. And now you want to go back and you want to help these people out of the trenches. It wasn't for nothing. The pain you endured wasn't for nothing. Whether it was abuse or trauma or you were done wrong or you were lied to or whatever happened to you, it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. God knew that you were strong enough because you were linking with him. He knew that you were going to get out of it and he's using you to now go and to change the world. And when you're on the other side of it, like I am now, and I can see, I would go through that pain a million times over to be able to go down in the valley and pull people out of the valley like I have been. When I was in the valley, it was the worst part of my life. I wanted to die. I wanted my life to end. I was just in a most terrible place ever. But now coming out of it and seeing that I can help these other women out of the valley, I would go back into the valley just so I knew that I could go back and help people. Because the thing that doesn't, the thing that fulfills us and makes us feel on fire, like we all have this fire in our soul. It might be just like a little pilot light that's like barely, barely, barely there, but it's there. We all have this in us. In order for it to turn up and to just explode inside of us, where we feel so purposeful, so on mission, so aligned, we feel so joyful, so happy. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with success. It has nothing to do with status. That feeling inside of you, the only way that that's going to explode is when you throw gas on it and you watch it blow up. And the only way you're going to get gas thrown on it is when you realize what is the source of the gas? How am I going to get that? For me, the source of the gas is when I can help someone with something they're struggling with. When I can help someone and I can pour life into them and I can speak life over them and I can encourage them, the feeling that happens inside of me is like, I literally feel like it's like a tornado inside of me or something. Like, I feel like it's an out-of-body experience. Like, I am just so fulfilled. I am so happy. I am just a different person. And because what I love to do is I love to encourage and help and breathe life into people. So for you, what is that thing? What is it that's going to make you feel like you're coming to life? And it is walking on the path that God has for you, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It's, it's something that you're going to experience. It's something that you're put here for 
when you're in alignment with that and you feel this like Holy Spirit tornado inside of you, that's when you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing. And then you need to tune out the devil by being in God's word every single day. So you remember that you are glorified. You are chosen. You are anointed. You are untouchable. That the devil cannot touch you. He can maybe ruin a lot of stuff in your life. He can't touch your soul. He can't touch your inner peace. He can't touch who you were. But when you lose sight of that and you start to feel weak and you start to feel like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's next. The devil is just getting you worried. I am a child of God. I am a king's kid. I am the king's kid. And I was created for a purpose and I'm going to figure out what that is. And I'm going to set my mind on things above, not all these earthly things. And when you start to do that, that's when everything changes for you. Uh, the last thing that I want to say is there is this um, statement that I read this morning and I copied it and put it on here so I can read it. So it says, remember that faith is not about having lesser levels of stress or achieving success in life, but on how we put our trust and belief in God in the midst of the situations. Whatever you're going through, focus on God while you're going through it. That's what you need to do. Focus on God and you will get through it and you will start to feel better. And you'll start, and that's why I started journaling and I'm a huge advocate for journaling is because whatever emotion you're experiencing today, if your emotion is different tomorrow, you're not going to really remember what you experienced today, whether it's a good emotion or a bad emotion. So if you're struggling in a bad emotion today, write out how you feel. Just start writing out your feelings, write out your worries, write out your stresses. And when you're experiencing joy and you're grateful and you're happy and things are going great, write those out too. Write how you feel. Just pour it out. Just let it out. Don't worry about if it looks good, if it's spelled right, if your handwriting is good, just get it out. Just write it. Because when you're in a different emotion, you're going to want to look back and see what you wrote down. And you might not realize how bad your mental health is or how bad your mindset is until you're out of the emotion and you're reading some of your stuff you wrote to be like, okay, whoa, whoa, that is dark. I forgot I felt that bad. Because emotions are really where all your thoughts live in that emotion. When you're in the emotion of anger, you have all these thoughts. When you're out of that emotion, you don't even remember the thoughts at all. So you need to remember how you felt so that you can pray about it, so that you can get the help you need. And then when you're in a dark time, you can go back to your journal entries and you can read about when you were in a good time. On my journal pages, I put an arrow up or an arrow down if I was like on the peak or if I was in the valley. And so when I'm in a valley, I'll go back and I'll look at the up arrows and I will read my own handwriting, my own writing about how chosen I felt and how things are working out for me and God is in my corner and I am created on purpose. And there's something about reading your own words when you're feeling down that really pull you up. So the next time you're in a really good place, write your dark self a letter. I have two of them pinned on my corkboard right here. 
that when I was in a really good place, I wrote these letters of like, listen, I know it's hard. I know you're feeling like you can't do this right now. I know you're feeling like you're not worthy and you're not enough, but I promise you are. Remember what God says. Remember our focus. Remember it's about today. Don't let your mind go into the future. Don't let your mind go into the past. Be present, be grateful, take good care of what you have right now. Listen to something when you can't turn your stinking thinking off in your mind. Listen to something good and positive and fulfilling. And I wrote all that in a letter so that when I'm in a dark place, I can pull that out and I can be like, okay, yes, yes, she's right. She's right. I need to listen to this. I need to go forward. I need to set my mind on these things because you'll accept your own advice more than you'll accept somebody else's. Because when you're in a valley, you're just full of excuses. So no matter what kind of advice someone gives you, you're like, that's not going to work. I tried that. You don't understand. Yep. Did that. Didn't work. I, you just are excuses. That's just how we are. So you'll listen to your own advice, but remember you truly are chosen for this and you have God in you. So you will not fail for nothing is impossible with God. Remember that nothing is impossible with God. He created you for greatness, not just to be mediocre, not just to get by for greatness, for greatness. That's you really think about that. And when you start to believe it, you'll start to operate differently. Your days will be different because you believe that you're a king's kid and that you were created for a mission. So if you need anything at all, please, please, please reach out. You guys fill my cup way more than you even would ever know. So please, if you're in a place where you're struggling, even if I've never talked to you, if you've never gotten on here live, you're just listening to the recording, find me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi and send me a message, please. Thank you all for being on here so much. I love you. I believe in you. And I will talk to you later this week. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.